So this morning's message is what I will describe as a pastoral message. So there's all kinds of different ways that we can have church and have the messages. And it can be a a rah-rah, feel good. It can be just a, you're going to make it. It's going to be great. You're going to, everything's going to be perfect. And there's the hell and fire. And you know, if you're terrible and if you're a worthless sinner, you're all, I mean, there's all of these different perspectives and you can get all these different things. And truthfully, you know, all of it is true. I mean, there's a perspective of God that is for all those things. But this is going to be more of a pastoral message that is going to say, hey, we're going to look at some roots. We're going to look at some ground um, that what really needs to take place. Because how many of you know that when you have a piece of cake, you may like all the icing, but the cake is actually pretty good too. So we need to have both. Now I'm getting to get hungry. Okay, so this will be the brisket instead of the cake. That maybe is a better way. Now I really want brisket. But this week, as I was talking with a couple of people, the, the topic of anxiety came up several times. And as I'm walking through the discussion with um, the different people, I, I was, you know, just like normal, just talking through the things. And then I just really felt like God gave me a message, particularly for one person, about it and just kind of like laid out some things. I'm like, okay, let me make some notes. That's going to be good. I, I, I'm really happy to do that. And then I, I believed he showed me that that's not just for the one person, but it's actually for more than one person. And after that, more people start telling me about anxiety and different things that are going on in their lives. So what I begin to notice is there are seasons, there are waves that will come against us as a society. And this morning's topic is going to be on anxiety. And so I started looking at it, and I'm really excited to share with you, but there's some core things that we need to know and to really, like, tap down on. But if you open your Bibles with me, of course, it's going to be on the screen here, too, to Romans 8. We're going to start in verse 26. And I love this. It says, and the Holy Spirit, and we know that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three of those make up who God is, the three in one. So the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weaknesses. That's just great news right there all by itself. If we did nothing else, that is amazing. I love that God is interested in our weaknesses. See, so so many times in churches, all you hear about is your weaknesses are bad. Your weaknesses are bad. You need to get it all together. And you've got, you're, you're, it's all this condemnation. It's all, right there says he helps us in our weaknesses. Can I tell you that I have weaknesses and I need the Holy Spirit to help me? For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray. There's times that you look at a situation and go, I don't know what to pray. I have no idea. I mean, I've been saved for many, many, many years, and there's still situations that I come up against like, I got nothing. What in the world do I pray over this? You could have been just saved yesterday. And still, I love the fact that we don't always know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, and the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Verse 28, and we know, we know. You might say, I don't know. I love the fact that the writer of Romans, we believe is Paul. I believe it's Paul. No one really knows. He didn't name it, but I believe it was Paul. He, he, he's saying, we know. Like, hey, this is common knowledge. We all know this, but it's like common sense. It's not so common. We know, but that's why we're here today. So we can know that God causes 
everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know this. Well, if you don't know that, that's what the purpose of this morning is to let you know that. That everything will work together for good. So I've got this bad thing that happened. I've got this difficult thing that happened. I've got this thing where I made some mistakes. And God's able to take all of that and make that work together for my good. Those who love God. See, our focus, one of the main tenets of our church is that we want you to know God. You can't know God if you don't love God. You can't love God if you don't know God. That starts with a personal relationship with God where you say, God, I don't understand it all. I don't know it all, but I'm willing to step into this relationship. I think about when I first met my wife and, you know, we, we just met and, you know, I was like, ooh, she's really cute. I like her long, curly hair. It's like down to here. It is all spiral curve. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, I'm like, you're really cute. I didn't know her. I didn't truly even love her at that point. It was just infatuation. But I began a relationship with her that grew into love and grew into knowing her and those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Well, what's his purposes? what he's called you to do. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him. The him is God because he cares for you. I love that. Cast means literally to take and throw it. Okay? So I'm going to take all of this stuff that's trying to get on my shoulders and I'm going to throw it all onto God. Why? But he cares for you. See, he says, I'm going to recognize that you have anxiety. So we're not saying, do you have anxiety? You shouldn't have anxiety. You shouldn't have weaknesses. You shouldn't have these things that are coming against you. You just shouldn't have those. You should live a perfect life. Everything should be just always perfect for you. you got the halo up here and you, you polish it now and then, you know. No, there are anxieties. There are difficulties. There are bad days. There are things that are going to come against us. He goes, you can cast all of that on me. Because he cares for you. If there was no other scripture that I used the entire time, that would be enough. That is the gospel. You don't have to carry all of the weight of your life on you. Because he loves you. Verse 8 says, be alert and of sober mind. For the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in the faith. Well, you say, now you're talking that churchy word stuff. Like, what in the world does it mean to resist the devil? Because I'm, I'm seeing the devil and I'm seeing the guy with the red, you know, horn sticking up here in the pitchfork and the red suit with the tail and all. How in the world am I going to resist him? Stand firm? What the world does that mean? How am I supposed to do any of that stuff? I, I don't know. And in faith? I mean, what does all of that mean? And that's where we, I've set the place. Now that's where we're going to be. So there are several core things that I believe, but we're going to look at three this morning. And we didn't get to all three before in the last service, so we may not get to all three of them here as well. 
But the first one, one of the greatest source of stress and anxiety in our life is finances. It's the, one, the number one or the close second of the reasons why people get divorces. Finances. But people don't want to talk about that in church. It's like, oh man, the pastor's always got his hand out. He wants to talk about money. That's what I'm telling you. It's a pastoral message. This isn't about the church's finances. This is about you. Malachi 3, 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouses so there will be enough food in my temple. God says, that's how I'm taking care of my church when you pay your tithes. If you do, and the words will be back up in just a second. It says, if you do, says the Lord of the hosts of the heavenly armies, good grief, I will open the windows of heaven for you. If you do, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And I love the last part. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only place in the world, in the entire Bible, that God says, put me to the test. See if I won't do this. Now, I've heard these scriptures all of my life, grew up in the church, and, you know, I tithe from, you know, getting my first paycheck. My mom taught me how to tithe, and, you know, it's a 10%. So if you made $100, you give 10 to God, and, you know, it's really easy math. Thank God he gave us really easy math. And so I, I got this all down, and I've done it, and I've walked through it. But there's some times that I did it, and I wasn't really thrilled about doing that. And it was like kind of stressful for me. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I met Lenore and we got married. We had our children. We had Jenny was a baby at this point. And we're at this church that I was serving at. And the rubber came to meet the road. See, I've been doing it for a while, but I didn't have all the understanding. And it, it wasn't real to me. It was just something. It was a checkbox that I just did because I had to do it. And it came down to our electricity was going to be shut off the next day. And it turned to be the exact same amount that I needed to pay in tithe. That's a difficult place to be. Because now it comes in, do I trust God? Do I put him to the test? Even though I've done this for all these many years before, I just kind of did it like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, "Mm, I'm paying my electric bill. I'm mm, I'm paying rent. Don't really want to pay rent. I'd rather just keep all the money myself, right? Am I the only one? Okay. And I saw the bucket coming down the aisle. You know, someone like Michael's walking down with the bucket. And I'm like, I'm holding him like, what am I going to do? 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 And I put it in there. And then I'm watching it the other way. I'm watching him like, how am I going to get that back? Then I'm watching it go all the way back. And I'm I'm the usher who's, I mean, it's like, you know, doing the shell game. You're like seeing, well, like, which bucket is in it? Is in that one? I'm like, how am I going to get that? And my electricity gets shut off. I don't remember how it happened. I don't remember what the circumstances were for that, how that all came to me. God took care of it all. But that was a turning point for me. See, because I had done it for all the plenty of years before and the plenty of times of do it, walking out in obedience. But that day, something foundation changed in me. Something changed in me that I realized that I can trust in God. Another source of anxieties is decisions. You may be sitting here going, well, I've got this in front of me. I can go to the left. I can go to the right. Can I, do I go this way? Do I choose this thing? Do I move here? Do I do this? Which way, what, what way should I do? What decision do I make? We want to look at God and say, okay, you want to be involved with everything? You have great detail 
in everything that I'm doing? Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. But again, we're talking about godly as in, I'm choosing to be in the path of God. I'm choosing to walk in the ways that he has for me. And I'm choosing to listen to him because he cares for me. The next part of that verse says, He delights in every detail of their lives. He delights in every detail. Wow. God, you're not only concerned with me on anxiety to cast it all over onto you. You're not only just worried about if I'm in this relationship with you that you're making everything work out together for good for me, but you delight in every detail. You're up there going, man, I want to know every little thing. I have this thing with my wife and my kids and they'll come home from school. It's like, hey, what'd you have for lunch? How was your day today? I want to know everything that happened. Don't skip one thing. Now, is that possible? Of course, it's not possible. But you see, I'm really interested in every detail of their lives. Verse 24 says, though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. So I think about walking with Vivi. Got her little hand in my hand and we're walking along. As long as she's holding on to me, if she trips, she falls over her little crocs that are, you know, white, blue tail, you know, she's not going anywhere. Same thing with my kids when they were younger. We'd walk and I'd have one on either side and, you know, I've got them anchored. They're not going to fall. God says, this is what I've got for you. You're not going to fall. You're not going to stumble. You may, you may trip up here or there, you know. That's not a big deal because it's the Lord who's holding you. By the hand. Can you see that there's some understandings that are going on here that you can start getting in and start to get to, to, to understand that he's like, hey, I've got you. I've got this in your life. He continues on. David says, verse 25, once I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. He's like, you do what you're supposed to do You stay plugged into God, and it's all going to work out. It's going to be there. So when I'm sitting there in that that church service, and I see the bucket coming, I'm like, do I put this in there? Do I not? Ah, ah." It's not going to happen. Can I suggest to you that anxiety is about control? If you boil it down, it's about control. Who's in control of your life? Because when you can't control things, it starts to spiral around you. And then you have this need that you want to control it more, but you can't control it more. So then you get spiraling more, and then you want more control, and you're trying to control And then it gets more and more and more. Who is in control? Because if you're trying to control your own destiny, you will experience the resulting anxiety. Trust in the Lord. The only way I can describe this is a personal experience that I had. I was born in the panhandle of Texas, which there's nothing but dry ground everywhere. The most water we saw was the bathtub on Saturday night before church on Sunday morning, all right? So then we moved down to the hill country when I was eight years old. 
And now there's rivers, there's lakes, there's all this stuff. And my mom rightfully was concerned about her son not knowing how to swim. So she enrolled me in swimming lessons, which was torturous and terrible for this eight-year-old kid who didn't know how to swim and struggling through all of this stuff. So then they're trying to teach me this. I went through three years of beginning swimming lessons. I'm not proud to say, but I finally passed. I think they just passed me to get me out because they didn't want to see me on the fourth year. But one of the things that they taught me in swimming, and maybe if you've taken swimming lessons, you learned as well, is the back float. Now, what do you got to do to back float? You've got to lay there on the water And they've got their hands here holding you up, and they tell you to relax. Okay, well, I can't swim. That's why I'm here, and you want me to relax? But if I relax, my mind's telling me I'm going to go under. So what do I do? I struggle. I'm like, I'm trying to wiggle, and I'm trying to hold it all up there. That makes me sink. I'm like, see, I'm telling you, it's not working. It's like, you got to relax. And it's only in that place that you actually can surrender your life and relax that you float. But for me, that struggle was great. Because that's not natural. That doesn't make sense. He's like, I got you. Just trust me. And they slowly pull their hands down. And I'm like, ah! You know, you, you let go. I, I, felt your, uh, I felt your finger move. You're, you're, where are you going? But it's only when I was able to really relax that I was able to go, okay. I never really enjoyed it. I still don't enjoy it. But that experience has stayed with me throughout my life. Because that's what my life with Christ has been like. See, there's some things that are not natural that God calls us to do. And he's like, but I got you. My hands are right here. But you need to surrender. Because the only way this is going to work is if you surrender. If you keep trying to do it on your own, if you keep trying to think you could, you could pull it all together, you're just going to keep sinking. But if you can just relax, if you can just trust in me holding you up, I got this. I love the scriptures we saw in the beginning where he says he's interested in everything but can I bring you back to Romans eight twenty eight, And can I suggest to you that there are some conditions that are here. For we know God causes everything to work together for good. Of those who love him. Can I suggest to you that those people who don't love God. To those people who haven't stepped into that God life, even if they don't understand it, if they just took the first step to say, today's my day, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust in you. Those people who have done that, all the dots in their lives are not lining up. But he says, for those who love me, it's all going to start coming together. So there's one of the promos we have that shows all these little dots and they all just like come together. 
And, and they just like make all these cool little shapes and things. That's our life. We've got all these different things that are going on in our lives. And God says, hey, if you will just get into this relationship with me, if you'll just surrender your life, then I'm able to start doing all of this work. And I'm going to get all this stuff. I'm going to get involved in your life. And I'm going to make all of it come together for good. You mean all those decisions that I made that weren't the right decisions? Yeah, those too. You mean all those things that people just piled on poop on me and they just, you know, all this stuff. This shouldn't have happened in my life, okay? This was not how I thought it was going to. Yeah, that too. Because everything is able to work together for good to those who love God. Can I suggest to you that... You could even have made that decision to be with God, but you haven't surrendered to him. He's like, man, I'm trying to make the dots all line up. I'm trying to pull it all together for you, but you're not trusting in me yet. You're not trying me in the things that I say. You're not committing your ways to me. You're not able to like fully give over to me. He's like, I'm giving all I can, but it's like that instructor that's standing there holding me, and I'm fighting. I'm fighting. It says, who are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? What's his purpose in my life? What's his purpose in your life? The first purpose is for you to know him. I love the tenets of our, of our church, and they're all on the front glass, and it's in everything that we have We want you to know God. That's the first step. If you don't know him, if you haven't made that relationship with him, and then you start knowing him and learning who he is, that's why we read through the Bible, through a chapter every month together. So we start to know who God is. I don't want you just to know about God any more than I just wanted to know that Lenore had really curly hair, and I thought she was really cute. I want to know what she had for lunch. I want to know all about her. God wants to know all about you. He wants you to know all about him. He wants you to know him. But then you've got all this stuff, all this anxiety. You've got all the baggage. You've got the things that is just like hanging on to you from life. He's like, hey, I want you to cast all of that over onto me. I want you to find freedom. I want you to find that place where that stuff is no longer on you. I love again what that said, because he cares for you. Then he wants you to discover why you were created, and then he wants you to make a difference. It's the plan that God has for your life. You know, every weekend I get to this point, I'll say, you know, maybe you've never stepped into that role. Maybe you've never started that path of knowing God. Today can be your day. Or maybe you would say, I once knew God. I once was in a relationship. If I'm honest with you, I'm far from God. See, all of those things need to come into alignment for us to enter in this place that all the dots start coming together. Because if we're far from God, those dots are never going to line up. There are going to be people in our lives that the dots aren't lining up for them. 
And what hope do they have for the anxieties that are in their life? Psalm 91, David, King David, found this place of solitude with God. We're going to read the entire thing. It's one of the greatest scriptures. And it's the one I would encourage you to make a note if you're taking notes. Just write this one down. And when you feel stress coming on you, when you feel that anxiety start trying to take a hold of your mind, read this scripture. Verse 1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I love this. It is reported, like the inside scoops that you hear of the secret doors and the White House and all these panels and all this stuff, when he built the tabernacle for a place for God to live. He built the church, okay? So there's the big open area, then there's the holy place, and then there's the holiest of holies. And that's where he put all the the things that they carried out of Egypt. And there is the Ark of the Covenant. And you probably saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, a great movie, and what they're all looking for. And it's an actual event. It's an actual thing. And, and it's got the, 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 um, the, sh- the wings that come up off the, the top of it. And it, it's specific how God said to make, make it. And it's this actual thing. And it's, it carries the presence of God. He created a place for that to sit in the, in the, in the church. And if this was the, the setting, this would be like the holy place. And then there'd be back this little place right back here that he would be there. And you couldn't get in there. But David created a place, this little nook underneath there, that when he was having a bad day, he would crawl up underneath that Ark of the Covenant. And he wrote the scripture. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Where you come to church, you come into that place and you just crawl right up underneath the presence of God. We'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety, my safe place. He is my God and I trust in Him. That sounds like somebody who knows God, doesn't it? For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. He's talking about that ark that's literally over him as he's setting there riding this. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 are dying all around you, those evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge. Can I point out the ifs again? It's conditional. If you make the Lord your refuge. If you make the Most High your shelter. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. But it's conditional. Just like he says, I want to do all these great things. Everything's going to work together for you. For those who love God. If you make the Lord your refuge. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They hold you up with their hands. So you do not even hurt your foot on a stone. Remember, he's holding you by the hand. You stumble. 
you're not going to fall. You will trample on the lions and the cobras, and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Verse 14, the Lord says, I will rescue those. What is that? Who love me. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. See, God never says you're not going to have trouble. That myth that says once I become a Christian, all my problems are gone, that I just get to polish my halo and everything's perfect. Yeah, that's not true. That's all lies. He says, I will be with you in trouble. So when anxiety comes on you, he says, hey, you're in this with me. I've got you by the hand. This is a promise that you can quote. He is with you in time of trouble. And I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. If you love God, if you're in this relationship, all of these things are going to work together. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? See, the conditions aren't from God to exclude it. He loves us because he cares for us. The condition is me. Can I suggest to you the condition is you? The same story of that lady, those teachers teaching me how to swim. I'm the one who had to surrender. The teacher did everything she needed to do, the instructor did everything they needed to do correctly. It was all on me. God stands here today, this morning, waiting for you. He's like, will you know me? If you've never accepted me in your heart, today could be your day. Is today your day? To get in, to jump in and say, I don't even know what it all means. I, 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 I just know that that's what I want. Or as I said before, You may say, I once knew God, but Pastor Kevin, if I'm honest, I'm far from God. It's like, will you surrender your life? Will you just give it over to me? I've got my hands out here. I've got everything. I've got all of heaven primed and ready, just waiting for your decision. Can you cast your anxieties on me? If that's you this morning and you want to be a part, I want you to say, count me in. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Of course, I would never do that. But I do want to pray a prayer with you. The first prayer is going to be to know God. To surrender your life, whether it's the first time or another time. To get back into that place where everything is going to work together for your good. And the next prayer we're going to pray is to 
see God remove. We're going to choose to cast all of our anxieties onto him. So if that's you this morning and you want to be counted in, I just want you to simply pray this prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud. Just pray it in your heart and mean it. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Here's the parts that you you may not understand all of it. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died. You were buried and rose again. And I put my faith in you today. And I declare you as my Lord, my God, and my friend. Today I give you my life, my everything. And the best way I know how, I'm going to serve you with my life. I surrender to you. God, for everyone in the sound of my voice who prayed that prayer, I know what just happened in heaven. The machinery, all of the things, and all the processes, man, it just all start kicking in, and all things now are starting to work. All the dots are all starting to run and find each other, and they're all coming together. And Lord, there's a, there's a sensation inside of this person, these people, that they may not even understand. But something changed in their life this morning. Because your word says, when we surrender, you're there. And Lord, the second part, those of us who deal with anxiety, Lord, that deal with stress, that deal with all of these things. Lord, that stuff that people have put on us, that stuff that we have from decisions that we've made, this is stuff that's external. Lord, I love the scripture that was in 1 Peter 5 that says, cast your anxieties on you because you care for us. You care that we're walking around with this stuff and you don't want us to walk around with it anymore. So Lord, this morning I choose to cast all anxiety on you. Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice to pray that same prayer. I cast my anxiety on you because you care for me. Lord, the decisions that need to be made this week, the situations that are even beyond the control, each of us may have. We cast all of that over onto you because you care for us. Lord, we ask you to move on our behalf. And Lord, we thank you that we can call upon that scripture that says now everything is going to work together for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.